Welcome back to another edition of Jory Sports Stories. I'm your host, Jory, and I'm back with playoff coverage. And today we're starting the postseason analysis. We're starting with the AFC North today, and with plenty of in-depth explanations and information and stats, we'll break down each and every team. So let's put on our reading glasses, let's fire up the grill, let's dive in, stay tuned. And the first team that we're going to start with, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Um, So if we're going to analyze the whole season, let's start with some of the seats the concerns that we had before the season started. Um, the defense was leaving very much to be desired, complacency, and we were kind of worried about pocket, Lamar as a pocket passer. Now, some of the points in the preseason that I would like to point out, point out it was lack of postseason success. The defense and coaching were both previous issues last year, especially the pass defense. They didn't have a lot of depth last year, and they didn't make a lot of adjustments. Again, complacency. And when you watch the Baltimore Ravens this year, we had some of the same issues. They were still blowing fourth quarter leads. You could still pass a clinic on them. And for the end season, repetitive concerns for this team, again, your pass defense and your secondary. Squandering leads and bad coaching decisions. And as the season went on, we found that they weren't scoring very well. And they've also had some very major headlines this week. This Not this week, this season. One, the most annoying one, is the con- Lamar versus Baltimore Ravens contract situation. And then he got hurt. Again, that's the second season where he's missed games at the end when you need him because of an injury. I mean, so let's make these connections. Most of the preseason concerns, they did leak into the regular season. And then you add some major distractions. Once again, Lamar's contract. There's been visible frustration at plenty of times in locker room leaks. Right now, this team is not what I was thinking. This team was not as good as it was last year. Now, let's analyze. Let's analyze. And I'm looking at my notes right now, and I'm pretty much right. So, clearly, clearly, let's, let's just be clear here. Clearly, this organization is either complacent or lacks the means to or want to adjust. And what I mean by that is... It's visible. Like, even a few years ago, we've seen the Ravens not adjust or be complacent. Maybe that's the offensive coordinator, which they actually parted ways with, or did he resign? One of those. Greg Roman is no longer there. Whatever. So they've been visually underwhelming all year. And that was a foregone conclusion. From what they looked like, they were underwhelming. So let's let's just be this. Through week 18, they went 10-7, 350 points, 20.6 points per game. Their defense allowed 315 points, allowed average 20.6 points a game. 
Um, I see that you're outscoring your opponents, but all of that was before, most of this was before Lamar went down. And they had 337 first downs and they were 41.7% from third downs. Now let's compare that to last year through 17 games. Yeah, through 17 games, yep. They were 8 of 9, 41 touchdowns, 387 points, 22.8 points per game. And they allowed 392 points, 23.1 points per game. They had 34 sacks, 9 interceptions, and 8 forced fumbles. So clearly, let's be clearly, they are better than last year, but it's not good enough. Somehow it's still not good enough. This year, they had 46 sacks, 14 interceptions, and 13 first fumbles. That defense clearly stepped up when they needed to step up. Not at the beginning of the season, though. More towards the late season. But they have blown fourth quarter leads is a part of those fourth quarter leads that they blow is a part of this team's identity. We call that ravening this year and last year. And another critical point of analysis is that Lamar and others are starting to become very injury prone. Very injury prone. Oh yeah, here's the updated stats because I had to rewrite them. They were ten this year they were ten and sec ten and seven. They had they were second in the AFC North. They had twenty point six points per game, eighteen point five opponent points per game. That's good on the defense. 41.7% on third but down. Let's go, let's crack this a little bit deeper. Your offense, you ran 1,052 plays. You're averaging 31 minutes a game time of possession, which is pretty good. 350 points, 5,760 yards. 3,000 of those were, 3,040 of those were pass yards. You had 19 pass touchdowns. You had 2,720 rush. Rush yards, 14 rush yard, rush touchdowns. You had 27 red zone touchdowns and overall 34 touchdowns. And when I read these stats, Lamar has improved as a pocket passer a little bit. But then again, he got hurt. And they're looking better, but with this contract situation, it could be very ugly. And let's get more in-depth about the defense. They've allowed 315 points, 5,513 yards, 3,947 pass yards, 20 pass, touching pass touchdowns, 1,566 rush, rush yards, 11 rushing touchdowns, They've allowed 26 red zone touchdowns and 32 overall touchdowns. With time of possession, 29. When they don't, when they're on the field, they're on the field for 30 minutes. That's what that means. And then they've had 48 sacks, 14 interceptions, 14 forced fumbles, 11 fumble returns, and they had a total of 25 turnovers. So the defense, it's improved a little bit, but that secondary still leaves room for improvement now I don't like to do the rankings and everything wait before I even do the rankings let's go back to 2021 where they were listen to this 
because this is more in depth. Eight and nine, fourth in the north, three hundred and eighty-seven points, twenty twenty-two point eight points per game, twenty-three point one opposing points per game, thirty-six point four on third down. This year they've been better on third down, but they're not scoring as much. That's clear. And let's talk about the offense. They didn't even run as much offensive plays this year. They ran last year, 2021-2022. They ran 1,185 plays. They had the ball for an average of 33 minutes and 17 seconds. They got 387 points, 6,440 yards, 3,000, is it nine? Yeah, 961 pass yards, 21 pass touchdowns, 2479 on the ground, 19 rushing touchdowns, 34 red zone touchdowns, 41 overall touchdowns. So last year's offense was more productive than this year's offense. What's the issue? And their defense last year was horrible. We don't have to go into those numbers. But they kept getting ran off the field. Kept blowing leads last year and this year. So, how does this compare? Why is this relevant? Let's rank them. This year's team versus last year's team. Overall, their offense last year was number 12. Their defense was four. Special teams was first. And for the amount of plays, they were first. Time of possession, they were third. Point seventeenth. Yards, 6th. Pass yards, 13th. Tackle touchdowns, 20th. Rush yards, 3rd. Rushing touchdowns, ninth. Red zone touchdowns, 14th. Overall touchdowns, 19th. Now let's go that to this year. They, had, they were 18th in plays ran, 12th in time of possession, 19th in points, 16th in yards, 28th. 28th in pass yards, 19th in passing touchdowns, 2nd in rush yards, 19th in rushing touchdowns, 17th in red zone touchdowns, and 24th in overall touchdowns, 24th. So there's some regression when we read these. Regression. I feel like most of this points to the offensive coordinator who is no longer with the team, but I could be wrong. Oh, and the thing is, they didn't have Rashad Bateman this year. That probably crippled a lot of this wide receiver things. Well, my thing is, why can't they keep a decent wide receiver in Baltimore? What's going on? Is it because Lamar's predicated on using his legs? Who knows? Anyway, so let's talk about the defense. And this is their team rankings. Like, this is what they allow. In points on the 21st, in 2021, they were 19th in points allowed, 25th in yards allowed, 32nd in pass yards allowed, 26th in passing touchdowns allowed, number one in rushing touchdowns allowed, in rushing yards, number seven in rushing touchdowns allowed, five in red zone touchdowns allowed, Overall overall touchdowns, they were 24th. And time of possession, they were first. So with the defense, 2021 clearly 
cuh. You saw their struggles. These stats, these rankings show you how bad they struggle at stopping the pass. And in that division right now, if you can't stop the pass, you don't have a chance. Anyway, and then they they were 23rd in sacks, weren't getting to the quarterback, 26th in, in interceptions, they weren't picking the ball off, 30th in forced fumbles, they weren't getting the ball on the ground, 27th in fumble recoveries, do I really need to say anything? And total, their turnovers, they were 30th. They're not forcing turnovers, and the offense really wasn't, then the offense was playing well, but the defense wasn't. And so let's compare that to 2022, this past season. Points allowed, they're third. Yards allowed, they're 10th. Passing touchdowns allowed, they're not much better. They're 26, but it's better than being last. Passing yards, 26. Passing touchdowns, they were fifth. Rushing yards, they were third, a slight drop-off. Uh, rushing touchdowns, they were eighth, not much of a difference. Red zone touchdowns, they were eighth. That's a little bit of a difference because they went from being top five to top ten. That means they're a little bit worse, but not that much. Overall touchdowns, they're second. They definitely made an improvement. Time of possession, they're still first. They still stay out there or get off the field. However you want to look at it. And then let's look at their turnovers. They're fifth in sacks, 12th in interceptions, they're ninth in forced fumbles, they're eighth in fumble recoveries, and eighth in total turnovers. That's a lot better than what they did last year. I don't know what they they actually acquired Roquan Smith and they actually found some found some viable defense. And now that we've gotten our stats and analysis and all of that stuff, let's talk about what they've been through this year. When I'm t- meaning by that, I mean, let's talk about the headlines. Lamar Jackson's contract, blown fourth quarter leads, how dependent they are on Lamar Jackson. Lamar needs hurt. Lamar needs help. I mean, first things first, it's redundant. It's very redundant, and it's very. it could be very aggravating. But they clearly need Lamar. The, the Ravens literally are dependent on, Lamar's, on Lamar Jackson's ability as an athlete and his ability as a leader. They need to get that done deal. They need, that, they need to get that deal done before tensions rise even more, which I don't even see how that's possible. Because he's liking stuff. He's posting pictures of him in another team's uniform. It feels like a divorce from Lamar Jackson is imminent or probable. But at the same time, if they let Lamar Jackson go, this will cripple their franchise and they are stupid. They don't want to pay the man what he's worth. It's $130 million. Granted, that's $130 million more than I make. But I do make money. Don't play with me. But... I feel like he might be worth $200 million. If Cleveland can give that weirdo $230 million fully guaranteed, Baltimore can give this man a guaranteed um, con- contract. And so, and another thing, that's getting Lamar's out the way because they're very, they are dependent on him. When he's there, that team just plays better, even though he's always 
hurt because of his playing style and he needs help on the receiving end. But whatever, let's move past that. But how many times year in, year out are we going to constantly witness numerous second half collapses from this team? This defense, not even just the defense. Somehow the offense struggles at times in the second half as well. This is a team thing. This has been a reoccurring theme for this team. Listen, this has been a reoccurring theme for this team. Coaching in this in these situations can be mediocre. There has been a habit of lacking adjustments. Something to question. What's going on in the coaching? And uh, more about Lamar being the um the Ravens being dependent on Lamar. Here's another way you can look at it. This organization is dependent on a player that they really haven't managed to build around. Granted, they tailored the team around him, but Lamar makes these people special, and without them, they stink it up even worse. Without him. Than before. Even so, when they're not looking good, we'll take Lamar out and they look ten times worse. That's what he means to this franchise. However, dependency on Lamar does not excuse coaching. And they need to develop a wide receiver and tailor him to Lamar's strengths as a passer. Period. Lamar being hurt clearly cripples this team. His normal targets looked average. They don't even run the ball as well as of right now. They were turning the ball over when they didn't have him. They needed to take care of Lamar, period, because they will fall apart without him, period, point blank. And let's emphasize some things. We already said about the complacency and all of that. But here's some other things to note. Marlon Humphrey is quietly discerning himself as one of the better CBs in the, in the, in the league. And don't expect much from the Ravens in the postseason which came out to be true because of the uncertainty that, that they have with um Lamar and his injury. They could have we could be on Harbaugh's last legs here. Defense has played better recently, but they're still wildly inconsistent though. Maybe they can fix that next year. They clearly had a visibly down year. They were too inconsistent, especially on the defensive year. They blown too many fourth quarter leads and the lack of scoring in the second half of the season characterizes that type of season. This organization is on the verge of a reboot rebuild, which will be expedited if they lose Lamar Jackson. I believe that the Ravens Super Bowl window isn't very isn't very large, to be honest. Because Lamar can only do so much. And Lamar this contract situation is putting a messy, dark cloud over this organization. This organization is extremely well run. So the fact that they're dealing with this, and it has something to do with that weirdo in Cleveland. But let's not talk about that. We'll talk about him. We're not talking about Cleveland in a few minutes. But this team is falling into complacency again and injury riddleness for the past two years. I believe that changes do need to be made soon. They've been on the verge of dysfunction at various points this season. And a lack of a real postseason success, a real deep playoff run, does a lot. So, 
what do I think about the Ravens this year? This year, they clearly have one of those years. Clearly. But next year, if they get to keep Lamar Jackson and they get Rashad Bateman back and they make the improvements, oh, let's talk about the contract situation. There's another reason why, because I just thought about it. There's another reason why Lamar might be hesitant to go back to the Ravens because you traded for Roquan Smith in the middle of the season and you gave him his bread immediately. That man done been there for five years, been through some stuff, got hurt, and y'all still don't want to pay the man. I'd be mad about that too. But back to what I was saying. If they can do, if they could do right by Lamar and keep him and pay him what he's owed, child. And they can retool the defense, maybe get some more people on the death in the secondary. Do some. Develop another wide receiver other than Bateman because you're going to need two good receivers. I don't think Mark Andrews is that anymore. So you might want to be looking at a backup tight end. Offensive line, that team can use some issue to have some help. I mean, Ravens could actually, if they keep Lamar, they could actually, they need to build around him for once and not expect him to do it all himself. If you know what I'm saying. And now we're on to the Cincinnati Bengals after this short break. All right, let's get into the Bengals. So their preseason concerns this year was definitely that offensive line and that secondary. What were their points this year? They were Super Bowl runner-ups. They actually addressed their glaring offensive line needs. Granted, three of their starting offensive line are out with some major injuries. But we'll talk about that in just a second. Their in-season concerns for the Bengals, they didn't have much. They did start off slow and unrecognizable. But by week 9 or 10, they came back to form, and now they're pretty much a buzzsaw. That's what good teams do. They did lose Lyle Collins and another old lineman to IR in season-ending injuries. So, and Joe Burrow was, again, getting sacked a lot more than he should have. And the defense was spotty head-on. So, again, their offensive line losses ended up being major headlines and it's probably going to end up showing somehow in this in this. Um, <clears throat> In this postseason. So let's look at their stats. 2021. 10 and 7. 54 touchdowns. 460 points. Average 27.1 points per game. That's great. They had the 7th ranked offense too. Their opposing points. Opponent points. They only allowed 376 points. 22.1 points per game. A quite average defense, especially Eli Apple, who is the epitome of a troll. They passed for 4,400 4, yards and 36 touchdowns. They ran for 1,700 yards and 16 touchdowns. The Bengals are a throwing team. They're not built to actually run the ball very well, but they can. They gave up, the defense gave up 15 touchdowns on the ground and 17. 
in the right around the same amount of yards that they ran for. They had gave up 26 touchdowns through the air, 4,222 yards, which is exactly why they only lost seven games because they are they're averaging 30 and they keep you to 20. They beat teams. Now let's talk about this year. They were 12 and 4. First in the AFC North, 5,768 total offensive yards, 4,420 yards, passing yards, passing yards, 35 touchdowns, 12 picks. That's also great. Ran for 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, 18th ranked offense, 16th ranked defense, 23rd ranked pass defense. They allowed 3,665 yards. 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions taken away. I mean, yeah, they've had 13 takeaways. Seventh break rush defense allowed only 1,700 yards on 407 attempts and 12 touchdowns. So if I do my math, that is. Well, I'll say. Roughly about 4.2 yards a carry. That's not bad. Let's make these connections with this team. This team is primarily built on the backs of a high-powered offense. The defense could be an issue soon. I don't think there will be an issue this year because they've been improving as the weeks go on. But And the O-line is not the position to have when Burrow has been sacked more than 100 times already. They'll be super cold contenders for the next few years if they can keep that core together and if they can improve the defense. So let's be detailed with this team. I'm not going to talk about them too much because they're very good. They don't have a lot of issues. While they did start the year slow, but by week seven, they began to turn it around. And let's just not let's let's just make this clear here. They're one of the better teams at adjusting to the game and execution. Offensively, they've improved just a tiny bit on paper, but visibly, they're still a juggernaut, even though they started slow. Slow. Defensively, I'm seeing the same stuff from last year. Not much improvement. Their secondary can be quite vulnerable, Mr. Apple. Applesauce. At times, and as a unit, they can still be kind of inconsistent. So what does that mean? Offensively, offensively, that's their weapon. Their weapon is that offense. If you can keep that offense off the field, which is hard when you're averaging 30, you can win a game against them. And defensively, that secondary needs more help. Let's just emphasize, this team is here to stay for a long time. Being the defense is going to be an issue if it's not resolved soon, like I said, your pass protection in the playoffs is kind of in jeopardy because as you go into the playoffs, the your competition gets harder. They're playing Cincy next. You don't think Chris Jones and Frank Clark and company don't want to get Joe Burrow, Joe Burr, Joe Shiesty on the ground? Joe Shiesty. But anyway, let's just have a small conclusion about this team. This team is here to stay. Even as the division might get tougher, they're currently offensively built. 
and maintain to sustain success in the long run. That is the mantra of this is what a lot of teams aim to do. They aim to build and maintain success. Defensively, they can have some issues. That could cause some issues down the line in the division. It's something to watch. They had some injury hiccups in, earlier in the season. And if they're healthy, they're arguably one of the best teams in the NFL. The Cincinnati, team, the Cincinnati Bengals right now are the team to beat. Period. Point blank. And now we're on to the Cleveland Clowns. I mean, the Browns. Stick around. And now we're on to the Browns. Okay. I really don't like talking about the Browns because of their quarterback. Weirdo. But anyway, their preseason concerns, the dysfunction, and the design watching whole debacle. They made themselves look really bad. The whole Baker Mayfield situation and staying afloat through watching suspension. Um, yeah, like this whole offseason, like last offseason was arguably one of the messiest offseasons in history to me from what I've seen. Because you had Baker Mayfield throwing a tantrum, the, the Browns recording Deshaun Watson, much to dismay to women everywhere. I feel like, and this is my opinion, no matter how good you're on the field, if you're sexually harassing people or hiring Instagram people to do massages and having predatory behavior towards people, you don't deserve to be on any sports team. The Cleveland Browns don't have morals. It's not about winning or losing. It's having morals. There's guys in that locker room that have daughters. And he doesn't see the issue of what he did. He doesn't see the, how the pattern of his behavior is predatory. Or he acts like he don't. Whatever. Anyway. In-season concerns for this team. The run defense, ball security, and their defense in general. Their major headlines this year, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, and the defense. Why is this so redundant? Whatever. So the connections and conclusions that I can make with this is the Browns defense is nowhere it used to be. They couldn't stop a nosebleed. And there wasn't a huge drop off drop off from Baker Mayfield to Jacoby Brissett, which is telling Baker Mayfield is average. But I'll talk about him later. Not this in this week's episode, but whenever I can whenever I cover the NFC South and the NFC West. Yes, I will. So, let's talk about it. Let's analyze the Cleveland Browns. Let's talk about their stats. Their 2022 record, 7-10, fourth in the north. 42 touchdowns, 21.2 points per game. They're giving up 22.4 points a game. They're 38.1% on first down. That's not very good. Their defense allowed 381 points, 5,600. 135 total yards, 22,299 rushing yards, and 22 touchdowns, amongst the worst in the league. They only had 34 sacks this year. That's not very good, considering what Philly has done, Dallas, (laughs) and everybody else. 
almost at pretty much any good team with a good pass rush, they got a lot of sacks. Unless they're injured. But, yeah. So, they run a 4-3 defense. They rush four, they drop three. And they're still la- they're still one of the worst rushing defense. And they run a three-wide receiver offense. You see what Amari Cooper did? A three-wide receiver? I think that's a spread offense. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Whatever. If I'm wrong, you can let me know nicely. Don't start that because I clap back. Offense. 361 points. Yeah, 361 points. This is last, This is this past season. 1,116 plays, 5.3 yards per play, 5,934 po- yards. Your rushing offense, your beef, that's your beef. That's the, I pretty much tell you that's the heart of this team. It's 532 attempts, 2,940 yards, 4.7 yards per carry, 19 touchdowns. Cleveland clearly needs to run on the run on the run but they had 540 passing of passing attempts 6.4 yards of an attempt 335 completions 10.3 yards of completion 3440 yards total and 19 touchdowns so let's calculate the completion percentage hold on That's not bad, but visibly, they look a better team when they run the ball. And the red zone stats, 56 attempts, 30 touchdowns, 53.36 conversion rate. In that division, from now on, you're going to have to have a better conversion rate in the red zone. Period. Part two of the defensive stats. They've allowed, again, we already went through that. They've allowed 20 passing touchdowns, 22 rushing touchdowns, 32 red zone touchdowns, and 42 overall touchdowns. They've only had 34 sacks, 11 interceptions and forced fumbles, 10 fumble recoveries, and 21 total takeaways. In that division right now, as you can pretty much see, you're going to need to force turnovers, and you're going to need to sack the quarterback. A lot more than this. So the Browns have some type of configuring to do because I'm going to read the stats off from last year and you'll see the drop off. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So last year they were eight and nine, third in the AFC North, 43 touchdowns, 20.5 points per game. Opponents were only averaging 21.1 points per game, 32.39.2% on third down. Offense. Offense last year, they ran 1,054 plays. They had 349 points, 5,791 total yards, 3,320 of those were passing yards, 21 passing touchdowns, 2,471 rushing yards, 20 touchdowns, and 31 red zone touchdowns. So, what does this mean? Hold on one second. But what does that mean? So.
that they were also a better running team last year than they were passing. I mean, Baker's last year in Cleveland obviously wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Baker Mayfield is a middle of a pack quarterback, and there wasn't much of a drop-off from this year to last year in terms of offensive production. There wasn't much of a drop-off. Now, this defense, child, they allowed 371 points, 5,296 total yards, 3,439 pass yards, 29 touchdowns, 1,857 yards, and 13 touchdowns on the ground. They've allowed 34 red zone touchdowns, 43 overall touchdowns. I mean, they're still allowing people to score, but at the same time, I was thinking that it was the um rush defense that was the problem. It might be the pass defense that the as the problem. Cause well, they improved the pass defense this year. That rush defense got significantly worse because they've allowed from last year to this year, 13 minus 22, 22 minus 13. They've allowed eight more touchdowns in the same amount of games. Even though that doesn't make sense, but whatever. Their turnovers, they've only had 43, they have 43 sacks in, um, 2021, they had 13 interceptions, 12 forced fumbles, 7 fumble recoveries, 7 fumble recoveries, I'm sorry, and 20 total turnovers. Last year, they were getting the quarterback on the ground a lot more than they were this year. And they were taking the ball away more as well. So, what does this mean? What it means is... Clearly, offensively, there wasn't much of a drop-off. We're not going to be able to uh, to evaluate this team offensively until we get Deshaun Watson. I'll talk about that in just a minute. But let's go to these rankings. All right? Because you'll see where I'm talking about the defense that has been worse since, has gotten worse since last year. Since. Well, what I'm trying to say is you'll see when I'm talking about the 2022 defense is worse than the 2021 defense. So, 2021, they were the fifth-ranked offense, sixth-ranked defense, first-ranked special teams. They were 20th in plays, 7th in time of possession, 20th in points, 18th in yards in yards per um. 18th in total yards. 27th in pass yards, 20th in passing touchdowns, 4th in rushing yards, and 7th in rushing touchdowns. Compared that to 2022, they were 7th in total offensive plays, 4th in time of possessions, which is an improvement on both ends, on both stats. 18th in points, not that much of a drop-off of an improvement. 13th in yards, that is a bit of an improvement, borderline top 10. Baker Mayfield, what's the issue? Um, 22nd in pass yards, which is five spots from where they were last year, five spots higher from where they were last year. 19th in passing touchdowns, not that much of a drop-off. Sixth in rushing yards and sixth in rushing touchdowns. They are still a better running team than they are a passing team. Period, point blank. 
in defense. There's some telling numbers here, too. 2021, they were 13th in points allowed, 5th in yards allowed, 5th in pass yards around, pass yards allowed, 22nd in passing touchdowns allowed, 12th, 12th in rushing touchdowns allowed, 7th in, 12th in rushing yards allowed, I'm sorry, I misspoke, 7th in rushing touchdowns allowed, 19th in red zone touchdowns allowed, Seventh in total overall touchdowns allowed. Time of possession, they're fifth. They were fifth. This is 2021 that I'm speaking of. Sacks, they were ninth. Interceptions, they were 15th. Forced fumbles and fumble recoveries, they were 22nd. And in total, they were 20. For total turnovers, they were 20th. Uh, so let's go through this 20, 2022 rankings. All right. Okay. Because the... The footage is, well, the tale of two numbers is quite insane when it comes to the defense. 22, 22 defensive rankings. 2022 p defensive rankings. Excuse that slight interruption, but let's talk about their rank, your defensive rankings for 2022. They were 20th in points allowed. They were 13th in 2021. They're 15th in yards allowed. They were 5th. Last last season. Not the season that just ended last season. Fifth in pass yards. Same thing. Fifth in passing touchdowns. Compared to last year, they were 22nd, which is significantly better. That means their secondary has improved. They're 25th in rushing yards allowed. Last year, they were 12th. Here we go with these problems. 29th in rushing touchdowns allowed. They were 7th in 2021. 23rd and red zone touchdowns allowed. They were 19th in 2021. 19th and overall touchdowns allowed. They were 12th in 2021. I'm going to keep saying that because I want you guys to get it. Because what I'm going to say after this. <laughs> time of possession. They were 7th. Last year, they were, 2021, they were 5th. Turnover. Sacks. They were 27th. 2021, they were ninth. 2022, they were 21st in interceptions. 2021, they were 15th. 2022, they were 22nd in forced fumbles. They were the same thing in 2021, not much of a difference. They have been recovering more fumbles, though. They've been better at fumble recoveries. They're top 10 in that this year. They were 22nd in... Um, 2021, they're 20th in total turnovers. They were 20th last year, so there really isn't a much of a drop-off. Where I want to see, what I have a question, and it might be to a defensive coordinator, a player, whatever. What happened? Because y'all arguably have some of, y'all have Miles Garrett, we know what he's capable of. He wasn't Miles Garrett this year. He wasn't a dinosaur this year. They could not stop the run. That run defense was putrid this year. And I mean, they stunk it up. I mean, look. The Falcons had a season. We, we saw some flashes from the Falcons. But here's where I knew Cleveland's defense was trash. Their rush defense. They let 
Marcus Mariota and company run the football down their throats and come back to win a football game. Um, that's not very good. Period. Point blank. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. So let's talk. Let's detail this. Again, they were seven to ten this year, fourth in the North. We can't. But as I said, we kind of all expected this this season. Wouldn't be Cleveland's year due to the dysfunction of the off season. The timely but untimely departure of Baker Mayfield, the drama behind that. Do we really need to go into that? Surprisingly, they didn't bring it into the season. They didn't. And that's really, they didn't bring their feelings about the quarterback or whatever animosity, if there's any, any animosity. I'm just speaking. But they didn't bring that into the season. One, they didn't have to play with him until they played Houston. Again, somewhat play has been shaky this year. There wasn't a drop-off. There wasn't much of a drop-off from Breaker. Actually, they slightly improved in areas, which is an indictment on Mayfield. Whatever. We'll talk about him later. The offense is still at its best when they run the football efficiently. Amari did make his plays when his number was called for the most part. He was balling this year. They didn't turn the ball over this much this year, which is great. Defense, on the other hand, that's when I mean when we're talking about a tale of two scripts here. A tale of two years here. Did I just I went through the rankings and you see a tale of two years. You tell you see a tale of two scripts. Same people, two completely different results. One year, the other year. Which is not, they now have a new defensive coordinator. This is one of the worst rushing disasters this year. I'm not even calling it a de- defense. It's a rushing disaster because you can run the football down their throats. I wish the Titans would have played this Cleveland team because they would have steamrolled them. You allow almost 2,300 yards on the ground and 22 touchdowns on the ground. You only had 20 takeaways in an 18-game season, 18 games, and you only had 20 turnovers. I mean, granted, turnovers are hard to commit. It's a hard game to play. Whatever, but it's among the worst. You allowed 42 touchdowns. Half of those were on the ground. If I do my right math right, a little bit over half of them. You're 29th in rushing touchdowns allowed. You're 25th in rushing yards allowed. And you're bad in the red zone. People can drive up and down the field and get to end zone to end zone like a track meet on this team. Up and down. Up and down. We Let's go. I mean, listen. Let's talk about it. A brief summary of this defense. Your pass defense is one of the most is among some of the best in the league. Top five in both yards and passing touchdowns allowed. Why is that? Because teams know that they don't have to pass it to those corners as much because they can run it down your throat. That's soft football. Your pass rush is a different story. And they they can't you can't generate pass rush. You can't generate sacks. 
It's a different story. They've regressed when it comes to forcing sacks and turnovers. They were ninth in sacks last season, 27th in this this season. That's quite the regression. So I don't know if they're just old, aging, and don't want to do it anymore. They just don't want to be in Cleveland doing it anymore. Make it make sense. So, to save my breath, what does that say? Your, your secondary is pretty solid. They're not being targeted as much because, again, it's like a steam freight train just rolling up and down the field. Miles Garrett, for the most part, was neutralized this year. I've seen it. You really can't stop the run. We all saw what the Falcons did to him. That was my, that was my point exactly. You allowed the same amount of points as you did last year about the same amount of points that you did last year, and you somehow to manage look worse. Let me rephrase that. You allowed the same amount of points and somehow managed to look worse than last year. You pretty much has the same defensive roster. Yeah, so coaching has some part. That's why they have a new defensive coordinator. Defense, they clearly don't scare anybody anymore because they keep get, repeatedly throughout this year. They kept getting skull drug up and down the field. I mean, come on now. Looking at the draft, I'm going to talk about the draft. You need interior defensive linemen, free agency, and a draft. You also need a better tight end. You need more safeties, and you need some wide receiver help as well. Omari can't do it by himself. And you know Baker burned his bridges with some a lot of those receivers, even though he's not the quarterback over there anymore. They don't want to come to Cleveland. You don't have a first because of the trade to Watson. You got a two, three, two fours, two fives, and a six and a seven. You add eight picks in total. It doesn't do damage to beefing up that offensive line. You know Deshaun's going to need his weapons. And your defense needs to stop the run. Again, interior defensive linemen. When I mean that, I mean defensive tackles. Or, deep, or if you want to do the exterior defensive linemen, defensive ends. Think about what these teams are doing on defense that are still playing. Minus the Bengals. But look at the 49ers and the Eagles. See, and this is just a random point where the, the Chiefs and the Bengals are more offensively higher powered. And with middle of the pack Defenses, the 49ers and the Eagles have both high-powered offense and very good defenses that you can't do much of anything with. So the playoff picture shaping up the way it is, I'm not surprising. I feel like the Eagles will go to the Super Bowl this year, but we'll talk about that later. Whatever. That's my new favorite word. Whatever. So in final conclusion, while not making the playoffs, finishing last in the division, and ending the year with a losing record, which I expected. Offensively, they did what they could with what they had. Defense, they got some holes. They got glaring needs to address. They didn't stop much ground traffic. They didn't get a lot of turnovers. And somehow they allowed the same amount of points as last year, but then again, they managed to make themselves look 10,000 times worse. The real evaluation of this team begins with the 2023 season with the whole season of Weirdo Watson. And no, I'm not sorry. I called them the clowns for a reason.
And our last and final team is the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I actually have a lot to say about, so let's stick around. Let's talk about the Steelers. So, last year they ended with the retirement of Big Big Ben Roethlisberger. So, their preseason concerns were, of course, quarterback, running game, wide receivers, O-line, and a young team overall. But, let's talk about what they've done this year. They went 9-8. Before I even say anything, Mike Tomlin was around... I was around six when Mike Tomlin was first introduced as the as the Steelers head coach. It was in 2007. He's been there for 15 years and has never had a losing season. That's that's pretty good. And he has a Super Bowl under his belt. That's pretty good. So back to back to the um to the point. They were nine and eight, third in the North. 345 total touchdowns, total first downs. I went in depth about the Steelers because I really wanted people to understand what, how, how the stats don't necessarily. There's something I wanted to explain here. I'll figure it out. They had 345 total first downs, 129 by rushing, 189 by passing, 27 by penalty. They were forty-four. They were a hundred and six. Oh, they were forty. They were forty-five percent on third down, which is decent. Seventy-three point percent on fourth down. Twenty-nine touchdowns. Not that impressive, considering that we have Patrick Mahomes and um, them putting up about fifty of them. But whatever. They had quarterback issues this year. Twenty-nine total touchdowns, sixteen rushing, twelve passing, one defensive. Uh, let's go into their total stats of what they've done. 5,484 total offensive yards, 11 and uh, 1,100 around 1,109 plays, 4.9 yards per play. Not that bad. Puts you in second and manageable. 2,703 rushing yards, which is pretty good. 500 pl- rushing plays, 4.2 yards per rush, which isn't very good, but they had some offensive line issues as well. They had 3,661 yards, 364 completions on 571 attempts, which is 63%. 14 interceptions, 6.4 yards per play. It's decent. Your offense also allowed 38 sacks. Let, let's talk about... Their defense this year, the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers defense. They allowed 314 total t- first downs, 95 by rushing, 196 by passing. The disparity, that's not a lot of parity. But 23 by penalty, stop with the penalties. They're 30, they only allow an average of 40%, 39.3% of third down conversions. 61.9% of fourth down conversions. Those are rare, so those it's rare to go for it on fourth down. So those numbers are always going to be slightly higher. Those percentages are going to be slightly higher because nobody goes for four for for the fourth down. Goes for it on the fourth. 
for just any reason. Okay. So they've allowed 5,617 total yards, offensive yards, 1,024 plays, 5.5 yards per play, 1,838 total rushing yards, 442 plays, 4.2 yards per rush, which is not that bad. You're only allowing about four yards a rush. Once we get into those five, six yards per rush, that's how you know you have a good rushing attack. Or you could be like Garrick and average a first down a carry. That's my dude. He might not have averaged that this year because the whole line was horrible, but we're not talking about the Titans in the AFC South. That's for next week. Back to Pittsburgh. So, they allowed 3,779 total passing yards, 332 completions or 542 attempts, 61.2. 20 interceptions, only they're, they're allowing seven yards per pass. That's kind of dangerous. Uh, if you're going to play in a division yearly with the likes of um, Joe Burrow, uh, Lamar and what's his clown face down here? Um, you're gonna have to stop them from passing the ball like, like that from seven yards per pass, maybe four yards per pass. They gave you 40 sacks, they allowed 37 touchdowns, seven rushing, 29 passing. Wait a minute. And so let's look at where they were last year. Mind mind you, this is last year when they had Ben Roethlisberger. And I'll explain this later, these stats later. Because if you think about it, like, the offensive attempts was 571 this year. You're going to see what I'm talking about last year. All right? 2021 offense. 323 total first downs. This year... They had 345, 85 rushing, 204 passing, 34 by penalty. It sounds like they got sold out sometimes last year, too. Let me calculate that percentage. Last year, they were 38.9% on third down. Um, What were they this year? 44.9. You're going to see where, I'm talk where, where I go with this in a minute. You're going to see where I go with this in a minute. They, allowed, they gave you 5,361 total yards, 1,113 total plays, averaging 4.8 yards per play. Now, if we go back to where we were in 2022, 11, 1,109 plays, 4.8 yards per play. Um, less plays right around the same average yards per play. There's a reason why I'm going there. They had 1,583 total rushing yards, 411 rushing plays, 3.8 yards per rush. They couldn't really run the ball very well. They ran the ball better this year, but at the beginning, it wasn't that good. 4,017 4, total passing yards. This is where I tell you, this is where we're, we're going to, this is where I'm headed. Because they had 3,661 passing yards. 
425 completions on 664 attempts. Ladies and gentlemen, that's 64%. But that's better than this year. But the yards per play, the yards per pass is the exact same. Wait. Yep, 4.9 yards per play. Let's go to the passing. 6.4 yards per play. Granted, we had more pick turnovers this year, but that was because of Pickett being a rookie. I don't really do that. I, I'm not going to. And you had more yards this year than yards per pass this year than we had with last year. On more attempts. He threw for almost. That man, you threw, they, these teams threw the ball for almost 700 times. 664. And we throw it less. This they throw it less this year. They run it more and they're still getting the same amount of yards per play. Same amount of yards per pass. Ben was shot. Period. And they still allowed 38 sacks. 34 touchdowns, 10 rushing, 23 passing. Hmm. They had more touchdowns last year, but again, we had quarterback issues with these Pittsburgh Steelers. So let's talk about their defense. They allowed 354 total first downs, 144 by rushing, 186. This is about last year. 186 by passing, 24 by penalty. So... Right off the bat, what I'm saying is that their rush defense, then you're not going to be able to run the ball. You weren't be you weren't able to really run the ball this year. I don't think you you're going to be able to run the ball that much next year. Uh, they allowed a. Hold on. They allowed 37 percent on third downs, which is good. That's less than 50 percent. 13 or 14 on fourth downs. Pretty good. 13 or 14. 13 of 24. I'm sorry. I misspoke. 13 or 14 on th fourth downs is not good. <laughs> Allowing that. But they had they allowed 6,139 total offensive yards. 1,116 plays, 5.5 yards a play. That's not very good, but considering that they allowed a whole bunch of passing touchdowns, first downs and touchdowns, I'm not surprised. Anyway, they allowed tw about 2,500 total rushing yards, 498 plays, 5 yards per carry. Now, I'm not a guru here. But if I can get five yards of carry on first down and leave it to second and five, I'm running it again. And I'm going to get them little five yards. Anyway, they allowed 3,656 total passing yards, 355 completions on 563 attempts, which is, if I do my humble math, 
63% through the air. They had 13 interceptions. They're allowing 6.5 yards a pass. Let's talk about the defense this year. The defense this year was by far better. Their, their secondary still can use some work. But they stopped allowing those rushing yards like that. They gave you 40 sacks. Well, last year they gave you 55 sacks. 40, they allowed 43 touchdowns, 17 by rushing, 24 by passing, two defensive touchdowns. They have themselves. Now compare that to 2022, they had 40 sacks. They allowed 37 touchdowns, 7 rushing, 29 passing. The secondary is starting to become an issue, but they're stopping the run, which is making people need to pass more, which is why their secondary is an issue. I'm not saying that's a knock on Minka Fitzpatrick and company, but the numbers show what they show. In 2021, you got to the quarterback more, 55 sacks. That's great. You only had 40 this year. I mean, and we're, since we're talking, and because I have some more stats here, they were 15th in, this year in yards per passing yards per game, 29th in rushing yards per game. That's because at the beginning of the season, they, act, they were acting like they didn't know what the words run the ball meant. Or the O-line didn't know what the word open up a hole meant. They were averaging 4.8 yards a carry. That's 28th. That's bad. Their rushing yards, they were 29th on 411 attempts, which is 28th. 3.9 yards per carry, which is 29th. So they they weren't really good statistically-wise running the football, but if you saw it, you know what they this team can, can be. They were fourth in, on attempts, 15th on passing yards. This is 2021. When they were horrible, horrible. How are you fourth in attempts and 15th on passing yards? Six yards of completion. That's 30th. With an average offensive line. I mean, hold on. Let me do these one things. Oh, yeah. So, these rankings for the twill. For the um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2022, they were 26 in points, 23rd in yards per game, 28th in yards per play. Hold on, let me figure this out. They were 21st in points per game, 23rd in yards per game, 28th in yards per play. I didn't get that. They were 25th in red zone scoring. 29th in yards per rush. This is 2021. I'm not very organized right now. But. No, I have the key ones. Rushing yards per game, they were 16th. Rushing touchdowns per game, they were 13th. Pass yards per game, they were 24th. Opposing points per game, 10th. Opposing yards per game, 12th. Opposing yards per play, 20th. Opposing third down percentage, 18th. 
Red zone scoring, 17th. Opposing touchdowns a game, 9th. So, they're average. And they're very bad in the secondary, from what I'm seeing. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, since we done already went through the stats. Big Ben and what's next was a concern. The O-line and running game was a concern. That defense being young was a concern. Was the was a concern. Your wide receivers was a concern. So let's talk about the in-season concerns. Mitchell Trubisky being a quality NFL starter or not. Whether or not Pickett would be a good quarterback. Youthful inexperience. Offensive play calling. Which is why they're going a different direction, I believe. Or they're trying to figure it out. Major headlines this year for this team. Mitchell Trubisky gets benched for Pickett. O-line couldn't open up holes. Pickett improves weekly, and offensively, they're lost. I don't know what they're doing offensively. I never really figured out the Steelers offensively. Connection. Let's just say here it is where it is. I'm going to lay it out on the line. Mitchell Trubisky is what he is, which is why he's benched. He was benched. He almost had no confidence, and he tends to press from the word go. He don't even collect $200. He just starts stressing. And when a quarterback starts to press, they throw picks. They make mistakes. They Ball security is the last thing on their mind. And after a while, Pickett got his feet up under him. He's got a lot of grit. How he tried to fight Shaq Lawson for hitting him in his knee. I would have did the same thing because leave my knees alone. He was allowed for his confidence to grow. And to be honest, the team played better with Kenny Pickett anyway. The O-line blocked better. They were able to run better. All right? So we make these statements to say what? Listen. Listen. Because at the beginning of the season, we didn't really know what Pittsburgh would do. Because at the retirement of Big, Big Ben Roethlisberger, they went out and got Mitchell Trubisky and then drafted Pickett. Now... Common sense should tell you that Kenny Pickett was going to be the franchise because they drafted him where they drafted him at. And Mitchell Trubisky was a gap quarterback or whatnot. However, that offensive line wasn't much better than they were last year. They could barely block and open up holes. And Najee Harris is a pretty good running back. Minus that, the beginning of the season, they were letting Trubisky run amok and stink it up. They should have been benched him. Before that, I mean, clearly at the beginning of the season, we all knew they were clearing a struggle due to Ben's departure. But my opinion, while Mitchell Trubisky is slightly talented, but his mental isn't starter worthy. That's why the team played better with Pickett. Because all of a sudden, once Pickett got his feet up under him and the team as a whole played better. Another thing with this team. Being as young as they are, they were there were concerns about coachability, which is pretty much why I think is why they offloaded Claypool and replaced him his whining and mistakes for a George Pickens, who I like to call a walking black air force with a competent quarterback has started coming into his own. Who would have thought? Again, Trubisky lacks confident in grit while Pickett is full of it. I mean, he was full of picks, too, but he was a rookie. Those were his first few starts, and we saw what he was able to do. And if you ask me which one I'd rather pay 
play for, even though my opinion might not matter. Of course I play for Pickett. And of course he was going to have his moments. He's a rookie. But Tomlin may have found his next franchise. Again, Mike Tomlin is a heck of a coach. He's been coaching that team since I was six. And he hasn't had a losing season. I'll be 22 at the end of the month. At the end of February. It's pretty good. The defense is a lot better when it comes to stopping the run. But when it comes to that deep on the other end, the secondary needs help. So they were a lot better at stopping the run, but passing on this defense could be risky. I mean, it's not very risky. You see where they are. The the offensive line is miles ahead of where it was. They absolutely could not run the ball very well. But then a switch. Quarterback change. Flipped. And they began to open up holes and lanes. Cam Hayward went vintage on us, which is great. This team should do more next year. And you could argue if they had benched Trubisky sooner, they'd be playing in the playoffs. They'll develop that quarterback wide receiver chemistry with Pickens further. And this team is due for a resurgence soon. I'm calling it as I see it. Now, they didn't score as much this year. 18.8 points per game compared to 20.2, which isn't a huge drop-off. Considering last year they threw for almost 700 times with a shot defense, of course you're going to score more. You're throwing a lot more. Anyway, next year I expect for them to run the ball well and start fast. Now we're on to the final analysis and opinion on this whole division. So, this year was a decent year in the conference. Joe Burrow is still in the playoffs. The Ravens went to the playoffs minus Lamar. Now they didn't do much with in the playoffs, but now they're tasked with deciding what they're going to do with Lamar Jackson. The Steelers came along late, and they were really never out of it, and they found their guy in Kenny Pickett. The Browns actually didn't do too bad considering their circumstances and dysfunction. They found ways to win in spite of a putrid run defense. And so next year, I expect since he is still a threat, the top threat, Pittsburgh should be back into form. Hopefully they can get it together. The Browns should be better. And the Lamar, the Ravens will go as far as Lamar goes if he's back. That's the thing. If. We shouldn't even got to this point with this man. Now is if he comes back. Baltimore, you kind of screwed up on this one. And now I'm going to talk a little bit about what's been going on in the playoffs. Dallas fans. Welcome to your tape. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2022-2023 playoffs have been commenced. I've been getting together my information together for these longer episodes so I couldn't cover them as I wanted to. But if you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm a Twitter I got Twitter fingers at Jory Denise or at Jory Stories. But 
neither here or there. Let's talk about the playoffs. One, Tampa back into a playoff spot because they didn't deserve that playoff spot. And if Arthur Smith had a benched Mariota earlier, we probably the Falcons probably could have won that spot. Or the Panthers. Tom Brady did not deserve that playoff spot because they went, they let Dallas come in and it just tear them all apart. Whatever. I will talk about Dallas in a second. <laughs> I will talk about Dallas in just a second. But. And then you had the Jaguars. Now, I don't really. Now, congratulations to the Jaguars on a great season. It's just, it wasn't their, that wasn't their playoff spot. I'm sorry. And I'll talk about that when I talk about the AFC South. That wasn't their playoff spot. And the Chargers, I'm done with the Chargers. From what I've heard and from what I've seen from the Chargers, how they act in big games, I'm done with them. I'm done trying to have hope that they'll get it together because every time they pull a cowboy and they just fall flat on their faces. I don't know if it's the defense. I don't know if it's Justin Herbert. I don't know if it's coaching. But they've done this for the past four, three to four years. Maybe he's not what he, what people think he is. Maybe Brandon Staley is an average quarter, is an average coach and needs to go. Or maybe they can stick it around one more year to get them a new OC who could tailor, turn this around. But the Chargers, my thing with the Chargers, they look really good. But all I'm going to use the battery analogy because they're the Chargers. With all their batteries in line, they can be very good. But with the Chargers, almost none of their batteries are always aligned. There's always something messed up. And when something's messed up, they don't have the formula. They're not the type of team that can overcompensate with the other batteries for that one bad battery. So if your bad battery is your coach, that's a weakness. If your bad battery is a defense and it goes dead in the middle of a game, ooh, you lose a game, right? Exactly what happened. So Trevor Lawrence goes to beats the Chargers. And then they go to Cincinnati, not Cincinnati. They go to Kansas City and get beat with by a hurt Patrick Mahomes. Pretty decent game, though, until Trevor Lawrence turned back into Trevor Lawrence and started turning the ball over again. Whatever. That's a young team. But the swing with the Kansas City Chiefs, um, I don't think they'll be going to the Super Bowl this year because of Patrick Mahomes' injury. That's a high ankle sprain. Those hurt. <laughs> and you're going to be swollen. It's going to be unstable. It's an injury. I mean, everybody's injured at this point. Everybody's hurt at this point. But that's his right black foot. That's his plant foot. And if you can't firmly plant your ankle and your foot into the ground against the Bengals, you can't make those throws with zips. And you, and, and if you're a right-handed, okay, let me reevaluate. If you're right-handed and your right hand goes out, 
you're screwed. As a quarterback, if you step back with your right foot and you're right and you have a high ankle sprain on that foot, you're screwed. Simple. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes, but I don't know, man. I'll, that's something that I'll have to actually... I'll actually sit down and watch the Bengals and the um Chiefs game. Now, let's talk about the Bills. Because let's just not mention... Let's mention that Josh Allen has the same amount of playoff success as Ryan Tannenhill. I mean... <laughs> but at the same time, the Buffalo defense this year struggled. We'll talk about that. In a few weeks, um, Josh Allen threw a Josh Allen. The reason why he throws so many picks because a lot of that offense is predicated on Josh Allen's shoulders. Like y'all don't have a really good running attack. Josh Allen is your running attack. He's a quarterback. Your quarterback can't be your running attack and your passing attack unless you happen to be Lamar Jackson. That's not Lamar Jackson. When you have when you put all of that on Josh Allen's shoulders, it forces reckless football and turnovers. Which is why they got beat. I mean, he didn't have any, he didn't have a touchdown. They got thoroughly beat 27 to 10. And they did all that front running throughout the season talking about, I actually thought the Bills were Super Bowl contenders, but once Vaughn Miller went down and that defense started showing its flaws, and then Josh Allen started turning the ball over. I kind of wavered on that a little bit, but it is what it is with that. And then we'll talk. I'm not even going to talk about Eli Apple because Eli Apple is what I like to call. Eli Apple is pretty much the Patrick Beverly of the NFL. He don't do much, but he do a But if you're on his team, you love him. If you're against him, you hate him. And he done made half the league hate him, hate him because he tweets so much and he talks so much and he don't really do that much. Maybe he's just that player to design to get in people's heads. He's doing a good job at that, though. But back to the NFC. Cowboys, you beat up on a bad Tampa team and then you go and you stink it up versus the 49ers. Again, and this time, y'all didn't look good. The offense didn't look good. I'm not talking to the Dallas defense. Dan Quinn turned that defense around. I'm proud of him for that. Now, I don't know about him being a head coach. I've seen that happen. Uh, But he turned that defense around. So for the offense... Dak, to play like that, like, I watched some of the game. I saw some of the stats. I was watching the game cast on the app. You never really had a feel that the Cowboys were going to win that game, especially after Tony Pollard went out. Zeke is a shell of what he is, and he should be lucky if Dallas even wants him back next year. Um, Tony Pollard's a free agent. He got hurt. I hope he still gets his bag because he earned it. Dak ain't that. Dak is not what y'all think he is. 
what cowboys want him to be. He's not. He's average at best. He's average to above average at best. Because when his back is in, against the wall, he's going to throw a pick. If the conditions aren't perfect, he might throw two picks. If you can't run the ball, he might throw two picks in a fumble. Sprinkle it on there for razzle-dazzle. Dak is entirely too inconsistent and too turnover-prone to be a credible quarterback. Now, he's a good quarterback. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl with him. I think they overpaid him. But he, and he's a leader, all of that. But if I'm losing, if I'm consistently losing playoff games like this, all that leading stuff goes out the window. Win me a football game. Stop turning the football over. And the last play of the game. What was that? I promise you Zeke did his best Dennis, Dennis Daly impersonation. Because what was that? What kind of foolishness was that? You put a running back at center. For what? To get him destroyed? Because that's what you did. Y'all know Zeke ain't good at blocking. Zeke got a whole tape about him getting flattened out by blockers. By defensive linemen. When he's trying to block. That's just setting that man up for failure. And... As long as Dak is the quarterback and as long as Jerry Jones is the owner, they're not going to win a Super Bowl. That's how I feel. The Cowboys are what they think, well, I know that they are, which is average and inconsistent. That's not because of the defense. That's because of the offense. And Kellen Wand Moore should be fired, period, point blank. Now, the Eagles 49ers game will be very good. I'm telling you it's going to be good. But the Eagles have been struggling running the, with stopping the run as well. And we all know San Fran can run the football, but Jalen Hurts is back. Well, he's healthy too because they put a thing on the midgets, I mean the Giants. But the Giants were who they are. The Giants are too still too young. They're still a few pieces away from being considered serious, to be honest. Brian Dayball has that team ready to compete. But they need more pieces in order to compete now. And back to the Eagles. I feel like the Eagles might win this game simply because of quarterback play. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if I was wrong. Because Kyle Shanahan can dial it up. But I give Eagles the... I give the Eagles the edge. I feel like the Eagles will be going to the Super Bowl against the Bengals. And I have the feeling that that's going to be a game that comes down over time. And we've reached the conclusion of another episode of Jory Sports Stories. And I would like to thank you guys for listening to this week's edition of Jory Sports Stories. Feel free to leave your own opinions nicely. I clap back. And if you liked what you heard, feel free to share the podcast and let's grow the audience. Follow us on your socials. For more updates, and as always, I appreciate I appreciate each and every last one of you for listening to me today. And I will see you next week for our breakdown of the AFC South. Thank you guys, and I'll see y'all next week.